0: Hey chaps, happy Tuesday, What time to be alive, praise the Lord, alrighty, been uh, sweating it up in the backyard, need to get my hair and makeup sorted here, come on guys, been uh, put two more uh, little raised beds um, onto like, we've got this like concrete apron that's uh, crumbling up. And we're gonna uh, plant some burdock. Rob, good afternoon, brother. So burdock is a wild potato type plant that absolutely spreads like wildfire. Fi- wild so we're not gonna plant it in the ground, we're gonna put it in these boxes on the concrete. So I've been uh, digging up some of our old uh, compost, uh, wood chip and leaf compost piles as the base um, layer, and I'll go and dig up some soil uh, later this afternoon. It's been some wonderful time in the sun. DBG, welcome, brother. I uh, went to the chiropractor this morning, who I'm growing rather fond of. Um, We were talking about uh, the lie that is skin cancer and sunscreen. And he was saying how uh, if you're on a a uh, high-fat and meat diet, um, you actually, uh, your skin uh, shows a lot more uh, tolerance to sunshine and you actually don't have to wear sunscreen and... Uh, all of this, of which I'm very fond. So I've been getting some good sun, sunning the lower deck, if you will. So today we're going to chat metabolic theory of cancer, Rob. yes. Yeah, a lot about this whole metabolic thing. You know, my my wife's been uh, digging into the whole metabolic diet uh, with our whole journey of trying to get pregnant. Uh, so it's it's proving a very interesting rabbit hole uh to go down uh with with how much the pharmaceutical industry has uh, and the the industrial food industry uh has affected our health and uh, lied to us and obfuscated uh the truth on a lot of these things keto af keto america first oh oh af yes yes so yeah you know we we're we're figuring that that whole thing out you know um We've been going hard at uh, eggs in the morning. My wife is a uh, cast iron enthusiast now. I've avoided cast iron because I always make it rust, but she's getting really good at cleaning it and maintaining it. So it uh, tastes really great. We're, we're having a whole bunch of eggs in the morning. Just had some sweet ground beef uh, for lunch, like a salad type onion and greens and whatnot. It's really great. Some liver chopped in. Um, we've been doing raw liver in our smoothie in the morning. So I'm still... I'm still not. I'm not living the meme where I'm just like, oh look, guys, raw liver and crack an egg and crush the shell. I'm I'm not that guy yet. No, I don't think I'll ever be that guy. So we're sneaking it in in the smoothie and and whatnot. But yeah, so today I uh, wanted to get into, you know, for a long time, you know, only to find, hmm, I've come up with this amazing ripoff of SpaceX, only to find that there's like. A battery company and a environmental advocacy group and like three like a legal company like they've all gone and and you know copy copyrighted the name EarthX. I was like yeah, come on, but it, it really got it for me you know this thing of of SpaceX where everyone nerds out and geeks out about this great mission uh, to go and colonize Mars and be an interplanetary species and blah blah blah, and I was like you know EarthX. This is where it's at. There's no escape. You know, there's no escaping uh, our dominion mandate for this earth. You know, in the first, the first SpaceX was not Elon, it was Adam. You know, he gave over his authority on this earth to the prince of the air, the prince of space. And, uh, you know, when you look at, at what God made Adam for, it was to steward the garden, to take dominion, uh, to to walk with him in the cool of the day through the garden to extend Eden uh, over the entire earth. That was our our original creation mandate was to be a gardener with the Lord. And um, he abdicates his dominion. You know, he disobeys the Lord um, and uh, abdicates his dominion. And so Jesus has to come and uh, reestablish authority, reestablish dominion. Um, strike down SpaceX and reinstitute EarthX again, you know. And so we have all these things, you know. And, and we'll go deeper into that. But but today, the church, a lot of a lot of the church. And again, remember when I say this, I am the church. You are the church. So when I talk about the church, it's you know, oh, they should do something. It's like no, I am the church. For so long, the church has become the second SpaceX. Oh, brothers, when Jesus comes back, oh, brothers, just waiting for the rapture, just praying for the rapture. Oh, brothers, just, you know, oh, man, if only only we could die and go to heaven. It's like, no, 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 Earth X. Jesus said it is better that I go so that the Holy Spirit may come to Earth, to you, that you would be Christ on Earth, that you would be the second coming of Christ, that you would be the kings who reign on this Earth that Jesus is the kings of, you know? And so we we need to get back to this place of of rightly understanding dominion, rightly understanding the creation mandate, rightly understanding Jesus restoring us to Earth X. DVG, whenever a new danger comes with a new cure for it, ready-made from Big Pharma, it's a reason to be skeptical. Yeah, you know, exactly that. And and we'll, we'll get into this as well with, you know, a lot of things with Earth X, a lot of Christians, here's the next thing. Well, the world's just going to burn, brother. Our bodies are just going to burn, brother. So let's have donuts at the potluck and let's have fried everything. And it's like, let's get obese, <laughs> you know. The church has no, v- and again, up until now, I feel there's a there's a, a, a revelation from the Lord, a, a rising of the prophets of this age, of a return to health, a return to earth, to stewardship of the earth, stewardship of creation, you know. Half of discipling the nations is stewarding creation. You know, the all all creation cries out uh, for the revealing of the sons. And, you know, our bodies are a temple. Our bodies are a temple of God. You know, and and SpaceX is saying, my body doesn't matter, guys. Just pump it full of pharmacaea, of witchcraft. Um, anyway, J H Dindinger or is it Dinginger? You'll have to phonetically spell that out for me. Welcome, brother. Earthx, good stuff. Antarctica is one third of the landmass of Mars and a few degrees warmer on average, and it has water and air. Yeah, exactly. The Sahara Desert, brother. You know, any desert in the world is a far more. You know, this is the 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 crazy thing for me. You know, we'll we'll waste trillions and trillions of dollars, and you know, we care so much about climate change, but you'll blast. Freaking, you know, a volcano is worth of fuel to send a monkey to Mars. Uh, you know, it's like, oh well, we bl- the continuation of our species. And it's like, guys, Antarctica. <laughs> you know, let's let's go do some things there. Sahara Desert. Let's go do some things there. There's what, like, six or seven major deserts in the world. It's like, these, you know, it's it's what I've often advocated in Africa. You know, of of if if white boys want to have sovereignty. Go to where no other culture can live, uh, and stake out some land and live peacefully on your own. you know, go make a desert, you know Desnat. that's the Desnat boys out in Utah. You know, they are the real SpaceX. It's in Salt Lake City, living out in Mars over there. Um, so yeah, man, I, I completely agree with you, you know that's the mindset of of escapism, right? And they all these guys who nerd out about about Mars, and the moon and SpaceX and all this stuff, it's because they know that in order to have dominion again, in order to have political sovereignty, they have to escape the traps of demograph- demographic liberalism, enlightenment, right? Because you can't just go to the desert and create a nerds only uh, science community. Why? Because it'll be racist and and, I'm not racist guys, please. But I'm busy trying to escape to Mars, you know? And it's like, guys, just, it's a lot easier than trying to go 40 years into Mars and set up without air and water and blah, blah, blah. It's like, just learn how to have boundaries and call things as they are and speak the truth. You know, that's it. It's the clowns. We have to, we have to avoid clowns. You know, they're trying to escape clown world. And it's like, You guys haven't escaped clown world spiritually. You're all still clown slaves. So you're going to go to Mars to escape the blacks, to escape the Muslims, to escape the Jews, to escape, you know, whatever you're trying to escape. And it's like, you're taking it with you because you're inwardly a clown, (laughs) you know? (sighs) Rob, SpaceX and its related technocrat dream projects are spiritually very transhuman, trying to recreate the Tower of Babel. And what is the Tower of Babel? It's a reaching for space. It's a reaching for the, the God of the air, you know, because we, we don't rightly understand the humility, the, the based, de- debasedness of being a caretaker of the earth. You know, all these special boys in Los Angeles and New York, you know, in their high tower professions, you know, you look down on, on agrarian life, you know. To go out and sweat in your garden, to go and and produce something with your hands, uh, to go and have relationships with real people. Um, it's a it's an attempt this transhumanness of human sin, from you know the the realities, the the responsibilities, the burdens of living uh, amongst humanity. You know it's only you know it's it's why you can it's why you can be like. Oh, we love Africa. We love the orphans. And it's like, just not in my community, you know, and, and it's a stark difference to the, to the agrarian life, you know, and, and you can be, you know, a clean office working technology guy, but you can have an agrarian, you can be an agrarian inwardly. If you're not afraid of who I know are, a lot of guys who I know are, 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 are brilliant social boundary setters you know it's like they are cultivators of men they are they are agrarian leaders even though they might have some high fancy economic job but it's like they understand the grit donald example of this you know he is he is infinitely high ivory tower babylon sun god king transhumanist Wet dream. But at the same time, he is so intimately unafraid of human frailty and human mess and human uh, reality. Learn Norwegian and Russian. <laughs> yeah, Greenland, my man. It's the new frontier. The wild, oh, a wild west, yeah. I think, you know, I, I think, again, when we look at our neo feudalist reality because we keep saying it's the future. It's the future. It's the future, but the Amish are there already. You know, the, the Mozis are there already. Uh, the Jews and, and the, the Mormons are there already. They are living this neo-feudalism. It's, it's now, you know, we, we are just haven't admitted it yet. And we haven't changed our lifestyles as such. But in, in the neo-feudalist America, there's going to be so much space for colonization, right? This is the new world. Instead of a colony on Mars, instead of a colony on the moon, it's a colony. We are recolonizing the wastes of liberal enlightenment America. You know, you go to Mars, what is the problem? Temperature, oxygen, uh, blah, 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 all that stuff. Gravity. Likewise, here on Earth, what are the problems? Liberalism, multiculturalism, uh, sin, um... be violent tribes coming to aggress against you. So it's 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 pick your it's pick your wild uh frontier that you're gonna colonize. Each wild frontier is gonna have its crazy stuff that you have to battle and tame and take dominion over. You know, and I think that's the huge that's the huge uh wake up. That's the huge white pill of like, oh my gosh, like it is possible for us to create a colony, to create a, a whole new society within Clown World, within the sinking empire, within chaos and and the wild frontier. It's just we have all these dreams that a wild frontier is forests and Indians. And it's like, man, I wish I could have forests and Indians. Because because with our modern technology, forests and Indians are a cinch to take care of. But back three, four hundred years ago, our ancestors. Forest and Indians were clowns and liberalism, you know. Uh, so our 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 uh, sons and grandsons and, and great grandsons will look back on on us and be like, "Wow, like what a time to be alive, fighting clowns!" Like you know, cl- clown boys and what is cowboys and Indians in, in our term? It's clown boys and chads. Dad, can we play clown boys and chads? Sure, son. <laughs> so, you know, I think it's it's framing that whole thing for us of of what is what is our our great our great threat, you know, our great uh wild opposition today that we can't control, that we don't yet know how it works. It's it's the bug man, it's the liberal, it's the liberal uh it's the end game. Of Enlightenment liberalism, it's it's in its dying, shrieking, uh, old tiger against the wall, fighting for its life phase, you know. And so many of us little Western Christian boys, are like, oh, a nice tiger! I want to live with you, and you know, and we don't understand when we get shredded up and and uh, and spat out. And it's like, no, no, no! Here's a spear. Let's let's do some some new things. So. DVG, Proud Boys versus Antifa. Dad, can I play Proud Boys versus Antifa? Sure, son. <laughs> oh the glories. Oh the glories. I'm gonna be based stickman. Can I play Kyle Rittenhouse versus Antifa? So all right, so Adam and Eve. Adam was uh, the first colonist. You know, we have to understand that that he was a colonist. You know, he was colonizing, uh, earth and that was the mandate was to be a colonist, to colonize earth with a pattern of heaven, Eden. So it's, it's heaven on earth equals Eden. And so many, so many, uh, of our theological, uh, boxes or patterns that we've been brainwashed into are, you know, oh brother, this is just a hell world. This is just a hell hole. This is, you know, oh, the devil, the devil's more powerful than Jesus. Or like, we'll only see Jesus when he comes back or all this stuff. And it's like, no, no, no. Second Adam, Jesus came to reinstitute colonialism, lost it. And like, here we are again, the second time we're, you know, Jesus came back. And he's like, all right, here it is again. Let's try it again. <laughs> Reset. Let's have a go again. And so here we are again. I'm like, all right, colony 2.0, you know, we're We're colonizing heaven onto earth, we're creating Eden in our local areas, and we're still going through all the same uh, metaphors, the same archetypes again. So one of the first archetypes um, is escaping our responsibilities, right? So Adam's responsibility was to set the frame uh, for Eve of, hey, God said this, we believe him, why? Well, he told us why, but even if I don't have to explain that, like God said, we're not doing it. And he could have been nice and and all this stuff is like, no, we're not doing it. Instead, it's like, well, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe the journalist is right. The journalist sitting in the tree is, you know, he's making some valid points. Okay, I'll come into his frame. You know, so that was the first kind of abdication is this abdication of frame, the abdication of authority uh, to upset women. Or, or upset journalists or upset uh, children. And so I think I think we're understanding now that colonialism uh, is going to come back Dominion patriarchy is going to come back to this thing of understanding our first our first uh, abdication, our first escape was an escape from from the burden, from the heaviness of having to say no uh, to upset people. And then the second thing, is escaping our domain uh, to a false to a false domain right so what i mean by this is if your domain is governance or media or economy we have we are so afraid of going out you know gideon is busy threshing wheat uh hidden away in a little uh whatever uh, a wine press or whatever it was you know and Saul was so afraid he went and hid among some baggage or something when they were looking for him to come and lead. And it's like, oh my gosh, these guys were afraid. They were afraid to step into their domain. Why were they afraid? Because they were afraid of harm and humiliation, right? So fear of the Lord is obeying God's call into our domain, regardless of uh, of humiliation or harm, right? That's what fear of the Lord is. I'm not going to fear humiliation or harm. I'm going to go do the thing. And so we see that in Jonathan and David, right? So David, insignificant. He's the forgotten, lost son. Uh, his his dad doesn't think much of him. His brothers don't think much of him. And he, he's his domain that he is given is to go shepherd sheep on the backside of the desert. And he's like, right, this is my domain. I'm going to go balls to the wall at this little domain. And he freaking kills a lion when a lion comes to eat the sheep. And he freaking kills a bear when a bear comes to kill the sheep. And so it's like, Dude was based, right? Even with his little domain, he's like, I know what I'm called to do. This is my little thing that I'm called to do. I'm going to freaking go. I'm not going to hide because I know God. I am working this domain as unto the Lord. That's the key thing. That's fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is I'm working this insignificant little domain as unto the Lord. And because of that, I, I do not fear my own harm or my own humiliation. Jonathan, right? Jonathan, he only has, I think it was like 3,000 men or 30 men. I can't remember what it is. But, but he only had a, a small insignificant amount of men under his control. And there's an outpost of Philistines across the valley. And he's like, all right, I fear the Lord only, not my own harm or humiliation. So he says to his armor bearer, he's like, let's go on up there and pick a fight. And if the Lord is with us, then we'll we'll beat them. And if not, then at least we go down as faithful men. So he's not, he's not doing this as a, oh, I'm afraid I'm hiding. It's like, no, I am a commander of the small little outpost for the Lord. I'm going hard. And so he goes and attacks 30 dudes with two, with him and his army bearer and, and he crashes. he crushes his little thing unto the Lord. And so one of the, the things for us, how that applies to us today, a lot of the church encourages Gideons and Saul's, all right? They see Joseph's and they see David's, sorry, they see Jonathan's and they see David's. Joseph is another great example of someone who crushed as a slave and as a prison, uh, a prisoner. He crushed even there. He's like, well, this is my crappy little domain. I'll do it unto the Lord. So these guys are examples of strong men who are crushing unto the Lord, right? And, and they come along into the church and the church says to them, oh guys, you know, you should escape governance. You should escape media. You should escape economy. That's that's dirty stuff. That's fearful stuff. That's not good. You need to come to the church. You need to come hide in the wine press. You need to come hide amongst the baggage, your baggage. You know your baggage disqualifies you from going and being a killer of lions, uh, a beater of thirty dudes on two. You're 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 disqualified. Come here and hide. You know, and so we get this thing of escape, right? And where are you escaping to? Into heaven. You know, just come escape to the Lord. You know, pray for the Lord to come back. Pray for the Lord to rapture you. Pray for the Lord to come back and, and take you from this hell. And, and the Lord is saying, no, come and crush your domain as unto me. Do you trust me even to your own harm, even to your own humiliation to step out and go crush even things that are insignificant to the world, even things that might get you killed, even things that might, you know, uh, ego death for most of us in the West. And it's like, oh my gosh, we have been our whole life taught to escape into priesthood, right? And we're not called to be priests, right? Some of us are, but then you know it because you crush, you crush over here, you bring heaven down to this ministry domain. You're not trying to wait around and be a good boy and hide in your baggage. And hide in the winepress. You're crushing here, right? Same with the other man. I like, God has called me to this. I'm going to go crush as unto the Lord. DVG. in a way, Abraham was called to recolonize Canaan after their judgment. That's a great one, bro. Abraham was a colonist. He was called out to go and colonize. He predicted that in 400 years, their judgment would have been brought to full and they would need to prepare to take over. Yep. He gave Abraham's descendants 400 years to prepare their own sinfulness, kept sabotaging it. Yeah. And again, they were hiding in their own baggage, hiding in their own baggage, you know, asking, Oh God, come and save us. And then when God delivers them, they're like, Oh, take us back. God, take us back to slavery. Let us die here in the desert. You know, it's like, it's this thing. of like, man, guys, do we believe God in his word? We need to go crush, you know, uh, Caleb and, and Joshua go out as, you know, the, 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 The Israelites are brought out through the desert. They're, you know, travel around a bit. They get to the edge of their promised land, their domain. They get to the edge of their domain and they send the 12 spies in. They send the 12 journalists and the two, two spies come back, Joshua and Caleb. And they're like, chaps, let's go crush. They're afraid of us. Everyone's afraid of us. They've heard that the Lord is with us. Let's go crush. And 10 of the journalists are like today on CNN. Israelites, dead before they even arrive in the promised land, you know, and, and the people's hearts melt because they're freaking watching CNN in their lazy boy chair, scooting through the desert at 600 pounds. And and they can't, you know, they can't inherit their domain because they're afraid and they're like, oh, we just should die here. Take us back to slavery. You know, all this stuff. Exactly that, man. You know, their sin was hiding in their baggage, Uh, Joseph was an accused sex offender. He'd never get allowed into a church today. Yet he saved his nation by serving in his dominion of governance and leaving the fake dominion of farming like his brothers. Yeah. You know, and that's it. It's, it's such a huge, there's so many things that we could be victimized. That's it. We hide in our victimhood. So many churches preach a gospel of victimhood, you know, all oh, brothers Jesus just loves you so much. If you are struggling, if you're chained, if you're in bondage, you know, come be chained and in bondage here and he will love you. He will just love you while you're a slave. He'll just love you while you're in bondage. Come be broken here. Your brokenness is welcome here. And it's like, guys, we're kings, we're sons, you know? The real gospel is the prodigal son leaving the pigsty, leaving the the orphanhood and the, and the, the crap, into sonship, into kingship, you know? Yes, that can be your salvation story. You know, oh, I'm so broken. My brokenness is welcome here. I felt loved for the first time. That's wonderful. Boom, my chains are gone. I'm set free. I'm a son. I'm a king. I crush. So it's a huge thing for us, you know? Where are, what is the baggage? And what is the victimhood that we are hiding in to not go and crush in our domain? There's a great book I read a while back called The Artist's Way, uh, talking about shadow artists, right? You know, whatever your art is, it's, it's not just art in being a little uh, Austrian artist. It's art as in what is your gift? What is your contributing talent and passion? You know, it could be analyzing stock picks. It could be fixing physical issues. It could be fixing a car like what is your art what is your art form and it says about us that we we have a shadow artist in other words at some point in our lives we get criticized or challenged or attacked or beaten while trying to give our gift right because as children we're so innocent we just give our gift we're like hey this is what I'm good at this is what I'm a natural at and at some point there's a defeat at some point there's a criticism at some point there's a a turning back a melting of the heart. And from that moment on, we lurk in the shadows and we never come into the limelight. We, we lurk in the shadows around what we we know we're called to do, you know? So, so if we want to give our gift, we're like, well, I'll give it in the shadows. I'll give it where I can't be criticized. I'll give it where I can't fail. I'll give it where I can't be seen. And God is calling us to step out in the glorious light of day and crush in our, in our gifting. Uh, JSJ brokenness and shame give us an excuse to not go crush yeah so that's it with with this shadow artist you know the shadow man we're hiding in our baggage, we're hiding in our victimhood and and that's what what the the Israelites were coming out of they were 400 years of slavery you know of this victim mindset of a slavery mindset and that's us that's us white boys growing up in in the western world you know, oh, everyone's up to get you, you know, you guys are worthless, you guys are evil, you guys are bad, you guys need to be punished. And it's like, yes, punish me, punish us. You know, that's our mindset that we've been growing up in. You know, defer to the woman, defer to the upset, uh, whatever other tribe, defer, 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 serve, 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 be a slave. And so there comes a time when, and God is gracious, you know, God is gracious to Gideon. He says, Gideon, come out of that wine press. I'm going to lead you uh, to go and crush. And I'm going to show you that it's me who's doing it because you can't do this in your own strength. I'm going to whittle down your own strengths, bring you to the end of yourself, and you're going to come and crush in my strength. You know, and God is, he's, he's, he's not offended by us. He, he's a good father who leads us back into the light, back into our domain. And so we need to get to this place of understanding that God is with us, that God goes before us, that that we are to fear the Lord only. By humility and fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. You know, those three things, riches, honor, and life, that is the definition of crushing, right? And everyone's like, oh, no, 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 Scott, like, I don't want to be rich. And it's like, well, then stop working. Why do you work? It's like, well, I'm not rich. And it's like, well, that's that's relative. You know, because for you, a hundred grand is, oh, that's rich. Like I've got everything I need. The Lord has blessed me. Whereas for another guy, that number is a million, but you look at him and you're like, oh, he's sinning. He's dirty. And it's like, no, no, like that's, that's what crushing is to him. He's got a different faith, you know? And it's that whole thing of what Paul says about, you know, some men eat meat. Some men don't eat meat. It's according to their faith. Some men, every day is holy. Some day, just the special days are holy. It's according to their faith, you know? So what is crushing for you? What is riches, honor, and life for you? God wants you by humility, which means I'm not above God and I'm not below what Jesus can save. I am God's son. I am a king that Jesus is king of. That's humility. And fear of the Lord, right? I work as unto the Lord. I contribute my gift. I'm not going to hide my talent. I'm not going to bury my talent because that's a wicked servant, right? I'm going to unbury my talent and i'm going to serve other men i'm going to give my gift your gift makes room for you and brings you before great men attempting great things you know that's that's the the biggest thing that you must understand we're all so afraid of our baggage of our victimhood of just bury the talent because i don't want anyone else to see who i really am because i'm a fraud because because i'm you know i don't know that i can really do what i want to do what I I dream of doing, what the Lord has put on my heart since a little boy of doing. And so we hide that talent. And God is saying, hey, my boy, I made you to do this thing. I made you to have riches and honor in life. If you'll humble yourself, uncover the gift and fear me only. Don't fear upset woman. Don't fear man's approval. Don't fear failure. Don't fear death. Don't fear uh, success right? Go crush, contribute your gift. There are men out there praying for a gift like yours. They're like, man, you know, we're attempting this great thing. Uh, but there's just something that we, we, we still, we still need. There's, there's some guy that we still need to attempt this great thing and they're praying. And then, you know, one day you're just doing your gift as unto the Lord. You're just on the backside of a desert, keeping whatever your domain of sheep is. And, uh, and you're, you know, Doing your thing, and it's like some guy comes and smears you with oil, and it's like this is the guy, this is the guy we want on our team, this is the guy we want in our brotherhood to go do the things that we want to do, and that's the desire of our hearts. The desire of our hearts as men is to contribute our gift to great men attempting great things, you know. And so I just want to encourage you guys, man. Like whatever your domain is, don't don't resort to SpaceX, don't resort to escapism right? Escaping into the shadows, escaping into victimhood, escaping into our baggage of all the reasons why we can't do it, of all the reasons why everyone's not going to like us, of all the reasons why we're not going to uh, please the Lord by doing the thing that he's actually made us to do. Like stop doing all that stuff, put it down, be humble, be humble and put all that crap down because humility is knowing, okay, God wants me to go out and pick a fight with the Philistines. God wants me to go out and kill bears and lions Attacking my little insignificant sheep. God wants me to go out and and manage the little prison that I might be in. You know, that's a lot of us as well. It's like, well, Scott, you know, you don't know the struggles I'm going through. And it's like, dude, we're all going through struggles. Paul says we are we have temptations common to all of us. We have, we have we have thorns in our flesh. We have struggles. We have sufferings, you know, and and each one of us have a suffering that no one else knows about or can fathom how deep and, and sore it is. And it's like, even through that, how do I be a Joseph in that situation? I'm like, right, Lord, I don't know why, you know, Lord, I don't know why I'm not uh, achieving the things that, that I have on my heart to have, or, you know, whatever these pain points in my life are, these, these things that I could go and be a victim of, you know, I could go and sit in my hurts and go and sit in my failures. You know, I could, we all could, but instead it's like, God, I trust you. You know, David wandering around the freaking desert, you know, he must've spent 10, 14 years being a shepherd boy uh, before anyone ever came and recognized him and told him he was, he was a cool guy and they liked him and they wanted him on their team. Then he gets smeared and anointed. So you think, Oh, I've made it like fresh air. Like I'm done being the insignificant overlooked son. It's like, no, no, no. You've just been promoted. <laughs> now you're persona non grata, number one in the whole kingdom. Everyone's hunting you. The king wants to kill you. You're the most unliked, most canceled guy in the whole kingdom. And it's like, oh man, can I go back to being a shepherd on the backside of the desert? You know? And so so now now starts 10 years of more, what could be victimhood? What could be woe is me? And it's like, no, you strengthen yourself in the Lord. And you go crush as unto the Lord in your prison, in your slavery, in your desert, in your uh, uh, fugitive hood. <clears throat> rob many churches bought into a heresy of equality and not hierarchy that success must be from a seed of an unfair or unclean manner it's a very marxist ideology that's crept into western theology equality is a an escape it's a form of escapism right because in heaven we'll all be equal in heaven there will be no competition there will be no and it's like no, no no like god has crowns uh, for, for men, according to what they did with their talents, you know? And that's the next thing. I'm like, 10 talents. If I can do victimhood and resentment and stuff, you know, and give me one talent, that guy has 10 talents. And it's like, no, no, no. If you do your one talent, well, God will give you a huge reward according to the man who had 10 talents, but didn't do with it. And even if the, that guy did do well, and God blesses him, it's like, there's enough to go around. Like God can bless whoever the heck he wants. You know, that's the great offense over that parable of, of the guy, the farmer goes out and this guy works for him from eight o'clock. This guy comes and works from him for 12 o'clock and this guy comes and works two hours before closing shift and he pays them all the same. And it's like, oh, I worked more. And it's like, God gives what he wants to give, but they all received honor. They all received the privilege of working with the king. Of working in the fields of the Lord, of crushing as unto the Lord, you know. So that 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 you know, equality is a huge escape escapism. It's an escape from the burdens of hierarchy, from the from the the responsibility of hierarchy, from the responsibility of crushing in my domain, from the responsibility of digging up my little talent and cleaning it up, working at it, and now going and giving it, contributing it. You know, it's hard work to contribute your gift. It's risk. It's uncomfortable to contribute your gift. What if I make a fool of myself? What if I humiliate myself? What if I fail? What if I get harmed? What if I die? What if I get canceled? You know, and that's the great escape from that is, well, if I bury it, then actually God loves everyone. So, so he'll treat us all the same. I'll, I'll escape to the church, run to the church (laughs) because there we're all loved regardless of whether we contribute our gift or not. You know, and so you get all these little resentful guys who buried their gift sitting in the church and now they're resentful at the pastor because he's got more honor than them. And it's like, you can't have equality unless you're all a bunch of Quakers sitting in a perfect circle. Was it the Quakers? I don't know. Whatever that little uh, denomination is that sits in a perfect circle and no one's the priest, no one's the leader, you know, and it's like, come on guys, there's, there's so much joy to not being a victim. There's so much joy to dusting off your talent and being like, all right, Lord, I might, I might die if I charge this hill of Philistines, but I don't care because I love you and I'm going to do it unto you, you know? And, and we go crush. Uh, soy boy Christian. But Scott, don't I need to get my theology and doctrine 100% correct before I can do anything? Yeah. You know, that's such a huge thing. We, 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 we're afraid, we're afraid of being called a fraud. And so, well, just study some more and study some more and and make sure I know how this all works before I go and do it, you know? I, I think I, I've been so, I'm so thankful with my rugby uh, coaching, you know? I thought I knew a lot. I would study and, you know, watch teams play and study and study and, but I never coached. I would just armchair coach, right? I would armchair, like, well, if I was the coach of this team, I would do that and I would do this. But then you go and coach a team, and you realize, like, all of your theories, like, some of them are bangers. And it's like, oh, look at that. It worked. But now you have a 1,000% authority in the thing that worked. And then other things are like, oh, that didn't work. But I've just told everyone I should. Okay, I need, to, I, need to, I need to redo this thing and figure it out and trial and error. You know, and when you're in the game, when you're in the game doing the thing, you know, you'll try something. And you're like, all right, chef, let's go try it. And you get banned. You know, like, you just absolutely get beaten with a rod. And you're like, that was embarrassing. But now I know it doesn't work and you can go back and and rehash some things and it's like, all right, let's go again, you know, and and trial and error, trial and error. And like, now you've got some great things going on. You know, that's the problem with, with constantly wanting to prove things in theory before we ever try and have a risk, you know? And I think that's the thing I want to remove from us is this priestly standard of, you know, the priest can never fail. The priest can never get dirty. The priest can never be wrong on one iota of theology, otherwise he's disqualified. You know, it's like chaps, that's not our, for a lot of us, that's not our domain. Here's our domain, go hard, you know, go keep the sheep on the backside of the desert. Go be the prison manager in your prison. (laughs) Go charge the hill of Philistines with your armor bearer, you know, and it's like, hey, if it works, awesome. And if not, then we dust ourselves off and and go do something else, you know, it's such a, a great thing. Um, yeah, you know, that's soy boy, soy boy Christianity. It's what we're all recovering from. You know, we've been told for so long, brainwashed for so long. Like if you make a mistake, you're out, you're disqualified, you know? And so we don't, it becomes managerialism. You know, we want to manage everything. We don't want to create anything, you know, and that's the shadow soy boy. DBG, the crushing Christian. God loves me. Let's go. He'll figure it out. Yeah. Love it, man. It's, it's a right understanding of God loves me, you know, because if God is the, the hard taskmaster and I'm the orphan, then it's like, can I have some more, please, sir? And if not, like, it's okay. And it's like, God's like, dude, you're my son. There's the fridge. Like, I love you, you know? And that fridge is try again, try again, try again. Like, let's see what works. Let's have fun together. Let's work the garden together. Let's work your domain together, right? Your domain is the new Eden. Your domain is the new place where you walk in the cool of the day with the Lord. and You say, Lord, did you see how I coached rugby today? Did you see how, you know, the boys got the new drill and they understood it? And man, we beat this team and oh, we lost there. And and you're sharing all your your ups and downs with the Lord. And you're sharing all your new things you're learning with the Lord. And like, God is just like, boy, you're crushing. I love this, you know, because God loves your domain. He loves your talent. He loves the thing that you love. And it's that's the place we want to be as Christian men. That is Christian nationalism. It's not the church ruling the nation, it's Christian men crashing in their domain. God loves me. Let's go. Let's roll. Let's go see what happens. He'll figure it out. Rob, nature is a hierarchy. The left is at war with nature, and nature's God. Yeah, full on, man. And and that's it. You know, it's it's Earth X, it's it's this thing of there's so much earthly natural grace, wisdom that the Lord has just put in front of us that we just reject and reject and reject. Well, we're brainwashed to reject, you know, and why? Because with equality, right? So we come back to equality. And so it's like, what do you mean? uh, Women aren't equal to men, you know, and now we have to put up all these lies that like, Oh yeah, a woman can be a police officer. A woman can be a soldier. A woman can be a pastor. A woman can be a wage slave because they can do anything a man can do. So now we have to, we have to put on blinkers and like, oh, she just got beat up by a 100 pound dude. Oh, she just got, um, she just got three times less the entry level pay because she never negotiated against that, that exploitive boss. And it's like, oh, don't look at it. Boss, babe. Don't look at it. police, babe. You know, and, and we have to reject the truth of what we're seeing right in front of us because equality, equality is more important than what's actual real in front of us. And, and, and nature is offensive. You know, human nature is offensive to egalitarian, equalitarian, uh, enlightenment people. Even, even differences amongst men, you know, why do some men crush in one domain? And it's like, well, then all men should be able to crush in a domain. It's like, no, 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 that's not your domain. You're not going to crush there. Give due honor to the man who is crushing there. And likewise, noblesse oblige the man who is crushing has an obligation, a burden for leadership of those under him, you know? Because you're a man, you have a a burden of leadership, you have a burden of protection, you have a burden of provision. So it's like, you don't just go around abusing those under you, you go around leading and loving and protecting, but it's from a position of, of honor, right? And it's, everything about that is offensive to the people who believe in equality because they themselves, do not see themselves as equal to the high guy. So they have to bring him down. You know, you look at guys and you're like, I know I'm not equal to him. And so I give you honor An egalitarian cannot do that. They have to tear him down via, via his baggage or via something that disqualifies him to a priestly standard. So, yeah, so good. Let me see what else I've, I've got here. Hmm. Yeah, I just really wanted to hit on 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 this whole thing of of understanding your you are uh, the second coming of Christ in your domain, you know. And so many guys like Scott, that's bloody sinfully heret- heretical, you you heretic. It's like just bear with me for a second, yeah, chaps. Jesus said, "It is better that I leave, that I would send you the Holy Spirit." Uh, to comfort you. Why comfort you? Because you're going to be taking risk. You're going to be uncomfortable crushing in your domain, right? You're going to have, you're going to have opposition, right? David cruising around the desert for 14 years. Do you think he needed a comforter? You bet. It says that he encouraged himself in the Lord. Why? Because he was discouraged because he was down in the dumps because he was taking risks and, and something went wrong, right? He, he had a defeat that day. He was defeated. His his woman and children were were uh, kidnapped. His little city was ransacked. His men wanted to to kill him and desert. Like it was a it was a down in the dumps day. And he encouraged himself in the Lord. And so that's what what Jesus is saying to us of like it's better that I leave, that I may send you the Comforter, because you are gonna be in you are gonna be the archetype of David in your domain. You're gonna have challenges. You're gonna have powerful men coming against you. You're going to have slander and false accusations. You're going to have opportunities uh, to murder and to, to fall and to, to mess up. You know, all of these things that, that we look at a guy like David and and like, Oh, we need to teach our kids Sunday school about David. And then a guy gets to 20 years old and you're like, not David. Don't be David. (laughs) You know, it's crazy. Rob uh, pursuit of equality is a race to the bottom. Yeah. You have to go to the lowest, lowest common denominator uh, on equality, you know, And so this is where the church, we can understand. I I understand a lot of priests have a heart for the poor and have a heart for the broken and have a heart for the bottom, the the guys on the bottom. And you can do that. It's not an either or. It's not exclusive of encouraging all the guys who are whole and who are mature to go and crush and become kings, right? Because those guys who are crushing and becoming kings are going to drag along all the guys who are poor and on the bottom and drag them up into glory. You know, a rising tide lifts all ships, you know? So if you have powerful men in your church that you're sanctifying them to go crushing their domains, it's like, hey, man, uh, you're crushing in this domain. Here's a young guy who, or an old guy, whatever. Here's a poor guy who's at the bottom. He's blown his life out. He's a victim. He's broken. Uh, But his gifting, his kind of domain is, is something like yours. Can you take him under your wing? That's David, right? David in the desert, 400 broken, bottom of the rung, poor of society rejected, gather around this guy. And they're like, please take us into glory, please. Like my life sucks. Will you take me into glory? And David's like, yep, I'll be your captain. No more victim crap, right? I have compassion for you guys Come to my camp, but we're we're going to go and crash. It's such a, it's such a cool thing to, to understand that, you know, of, it's okay to have pity on the poor. It's okay to, to preach the good news to the poor. It's okay to do good Uh, charitable deeds to the poor and love them and console them and cry with them and, and, you know, give them a blanket and say, be warmed. But at the same time, we also want to pull them along into glory, you know? And I think that's where a lot of churches, they either get offended at the rich and kick them out, or they're afraid of touching the dirty poor and kick them out. And it's like, there can be a both end, you know, because I think if everything is just in the church, if there is no, Uh, outside the church domain theology, dominion theology, if everything is just through the church, it's like, well, how do you keep everybody in this very small pool? You know, I've got these huge big fish and I've got these little minnows who are struggling for survival. How do I stop them from killing each other? Or like, there's just a mess over here. It's like, yeah, you're not, you're not the tribe. You're not the hierarchy. Tear down this wall and push everybody into their domains. And now you're the sanctifier of their domains. And now we crush and equality is not an issue. Abuse is not an issue. Pride is not an issue. Uh, selfishness is not an issue. Competition for a very small pool of authority is not an issue. You know, it's like, let's go and absolutely crush the promised land. There's space for all 12 tribes in the promised land. You know, we don't all have to become Levites and try and be the, the glory boys. It's like, no, push everybody into their promised land. Let's go and, and push each other to heights. You know, it's that whole thing of like, of Saul and David, you know, David, like if Saul was rightly secure in his identity before God, it's like, welcome to my staff, welcome to my kingdom, go crush even more, have 10,000 more songs written about you because you're loyal to me. You're in relationship to me. And so your glory is my glory. It lifts all ships. So praise God brothers. Earth X, there is no escape. Go crush in your domains. Uh, unbury your talent. Unbury your gift. And, and let's like Jonathan say, let's see what happens. Lord, I'm I'm going, I'm 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 charging the hill. Let's see what happens. Love you boys. Have a great a great afternoon. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow. And um, yeah, man. God loves you. He's uh, He's pleased with you. You know, I think so much of us, we're just like, oh, God, show me what to do to please you. (laughs) Like, I'll do anything for you, Lord. And it's like, it's not here. It's not being a little priest. It's go crush. You know, go crush with the Lord. Go be a Jonathan. Love you, boys. God bless.